Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speaker's bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's DJ joined by Kelsey. And after a month long of preparation and an exquisite draft weekend that we saw a bunch of teams change, potentially change their futures. We now get to put a final bow on this NFL draft extravaganza with the post-draft grades. Now, Kelsey, neither one of us are teachers, but we definitely got, we broke out the red pens for this one, and we're ready to drop some grades. We'll start with your list for each team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We uh, I probably broke out a couple more red pens and uh, had to replace a few in the in this one as well because uh, I was a little harsh on some teams because let's be honest, there's some teams out there that we talked about it ad nauseum leading up to the draft. You have certain needs. And you don't go and fill them. Well, let's just say those guys, I wasn't as nice to as some of the other guys. So that means I'm starting with Jacksonville. Obviously, they did a lot of good things. You get Trevor Lawrence, uh, but then you also waste your second first round pick on Travis Etienne. So for that reason, yeah, you set yourself up later down the road. Uh, They had a really good Tyson Campbell pick as well. Uh, But 
with that said, I'm giving you an A minus because it wasn't a, it wasn't the home run draft you needed it for Jacksonville, but it was a really good draft nonetheless. However, it makes me kind of scared for the success of Trevor Lawrence going forward because you didn't get him really anything to help in that 25th pick because you got already have a great running back in James Robinson. There was no need to get ETN that early on. There was some there was other needs you could have filled easily, um, but that is that. I mean, it's still an A grade. They still had a great draft. Andre, Andre Cisco. Uh, the safety out of Syracuse is a fantastic pick. Walker Little, fantastic pick. Um, and Jalen Camp, the wide receiver at Georgia Tech, might be a sneaky pick in that sixth round as well. So, uh, But New York Jets, number two, uh, honestly one of the better drafts of all the teams in the league. However, I only gave him an A. And it's really no offense to them. It's just really because I don't trust Zach Wilson at this point in time yet. He is an unproven commodity. He looks good on all, on paper. Uh, but really, Elijah Vera Tucker and Elijah Moore are the real reasons I'm giving them an A because those are fantastic picks. Um, adding in Jamie and Sherwood, the safety at Auburn. I'm a big fan of his. Obviously, I'm an Auburn guy, but watching him on tape, he's a big hitter. He's a physical type of safety, which is a fantastic pick for him. And Brandon Eccles out of Kentucky is a late-round guy, six-round. Um, he's also a little bit of a guy that, that might sneak up on you and, and win you a position um, for a team that needs corners desperately. Uh, they, that's a, that's a late-round pick that could really help him out. Um, so give give me an A for the the Jets and continuing kind of that trend of the top three picks, top three top three teams kind of staying in good drafts but not fantastic. Um, the Niners, I am also giving an A. And again, you get Trey Lance, which is a good pick, but he's going to be sitting for a minute. Uh, obviously, Justin Fields was still available. I still think Fields, if they get Fields, is an A plus draft without even going any for any further. But what really sells this one for me is in the second and third rounds, you get Aaron Banks, the guard out of Notre Dame, and Trey Sermon, the running back from Ohio State. We saw what he can do for Justin Fields and just helping to, to kind of take some of that pressure off. There's a fantastic pick in the second and third rounds. Um, also, Jalen Moore, the offensive guard out of Western Michigan. Uh, he's a, he's kind of going to be a guy that, that might fight for a position, but really he's just going to be kind of a, a very quality backup probably for the next four or five years. He might fight his way into a starting role. We'll see, but I do think he's a really good pick. Now, this is the one I broke out the red pen for. And let me tell you, uh, this I, I literally I had something to say about every one of these picks because I'm not sold on any of them. And that's Atlanta. I give Atlanta a D plus, which really is almost my worst grade. There is still one worse left on my, my grade board. Uh, but Atlanta, I gave a D plus. Yes, you got an all world tight end in Kyle Pitts. But. Your one problem is you never had you don't have an offensive line to protect Matt Ryan to get Kyle Pitts the ball because tight ends don't get off the ball in a half a second. They don't get free like a receiver can. You have to fight your way off the line. And he's going to be chipping a lot to help keep Matt Ryan alive. But the fact is Kyle Pitts is really going to be kind of useless because they don't have protection for Kyle Pitts. And on top of that, you still don't have a running game and you could have filled that with alignment or really anything but really offensive line was your biggest need and you overlooked it for not one round but two rounds because in the second round you then go pick a safety mind you there was better safeties on the board still and they picked richie grant and he's not even a scheme fit for the falcons which is even more shocking to me he's a tired matthew type uh type safety and that does not fit what the falcons need they need a center field type safety which they was on the board and trayvon morig and they just decided to ignore it and three picks later, obviously he went off the board. But those that first day, first two first two rounds just absolutely destroyed this draft for me. And then you get Jalen Mayfield in the third round, who is a 
decent tackle. I, I, I guess that's being mean. He's a pretty good tackle, but he's just very limited in what he can do. Um, and below that, Drew Dahlman, Graham, Ogun Deji from, from Notre Dame. Decently good players, but not the home run hitters late in the draft you need. Frank Darby, why are you getting another receiver? You already have four fantastic ones and a tight end. Why are you doing that in the sixth round? There's just a lot of question marks for this draft from Atlanta for me. I, I For a team who needed a lot, they didn't get what they needed, and that's that's a bigger reason for me with Atlanta, That why I have them so, so poorly rated on their draft. Uh, now, moving to number five is Cincinnati, and this one kills me because, yeah, you added Jamar Chase. Fantastic. Uh, but then you go in the second round and you pick Jackson Carmen, the offensive tackle for Clemson. And that one made some, made me question a lot of what they, they were doing. Because you still needed offensive line. You needed a lot of offensive line. And you didn't do enough to help keep a guy who literally just got hurt last season because of a lack of offensive line protected. Your savior for your franchise won't be able to get the ball to your second num- your number one pick of Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. If he can't stand up, and again, this is kind of the same thing with the Falcons. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of what they did in the first two rounds. However, the rest of their draft looked really good. Joseph Asai, Cameron Sample, Tyler Shelvin, Dante Smith, Evan McPherson, the kicker out of Florida, which is I'm not a big fan of getting kickers in the draft because normally you can just pick them up in free agency. But this kicker is is really good. Um, he, I, I, his, his accuracy is second to none, so I'll give you credit for that one because he is a very good kicker. Um, but then you got Trey Hill, the center out of Georgia, who was kind of an underrated center, dealt with some injury problems, kind of undersized as well. We'll see if he can make that transition. He might just be a long snapper at the end, at the next level, but still a decent, decent overall mid range draft. But the top end is is really lacking, so I gave them just a flat out B. Um, ironic considering they're the Bengals, they get a B eh, logo matches whatever. But uh, yeah, so the, it wasn't a fantastic draft for me. Yeah, Jamar Chase is all world, but. You could, you could have done better there if you're Cincinnati. That's just all there is to it. Uh, next up is the Dolphins. Now, this one was very interesting for me because I thought they were going to go uh, JOK in the first round or really any linebacker in the first round, uh, but they fooled me twice. Uh, they went Jalen Waddle in Alabama and then Jalen Phillips. In, and and they honestly, I couldn't, couldn't think. If it was going to be a linebacker like JOK, it was going to be something good. Uh, it had to be something good, and they they nailed it right there with both of those picks. And then Javon Javon Holland out of the safety out of Oregon, and Liam Eikenberg in the second round. Um, those four picks alone make their draft. So I gave them an A. Uh, it was a it was a fantastic draft for the Dolphins. Um, they could have obviously probably improved a little bit later on down the draft, but when you don't have a pick from round three to round seven, you got to do what you got to do. So they did a good job um, for everything that they had to pick up uh, had to make a pick for for sure. They definitely filled their needs, and that's that's the important part here. Um, and then Detroit, sneaky good draft for the Dol- or for the Lions, and a lot of that is made possible because, well, the Bengals decided to just screw up everybody's draft and not take a lineman. Um, so them at number seven, Panay Sewell fell right in their lap. Uh, why would you not take it? Fantastic pick. Levi Onwuzurike, on, on I talked about him a lot leading up to the draft, a big guy down low in the middle. Um fantastic girth and he just knows how to get to the uh, get to the quarterback from a defensive tackle spot which is very unheard of and he can take up blocks in the run game so definitely what you need 
Alim McNeil, the defense tackle for North Carolina State, go right next to Anuizarike where you already have two needs. I mean, you just filled both of those in round two and three. Good job. Now you need a cornerback. Okay, let's go get the cornerback from Syracuse, who a lot of people had rated as a potential first-round pick. And I fed to Melifonwe. And that's a fantastic, fantastic pick to get him in round three. Absolutely out of this out, out of this world. And then you get Amon Ross, St. Brown uh, from USC and then round four. Great pick as well. I, I mean, that's just – you couldn't ask for more if you're Detroit for this new – new team coming in. We have a lot of needs all over the board. You probably have 22 needs out of 22 positions and you fill a good seven of them in the draft. So good on them for doing their job. That's an, that's, a, that's, a, that's an A in my grade because you filled as many position needs as you could do with the picks that you had. So fantastic job. And Carolina, again, another one that just had a fantastic draft and again, set up a lot because of teams in front of them, mixing it up and not going where you expected them to go. Um, number one, you take J.C. Horn, who is a pro-type player, a, a three-year veteran type of a player from day one as a rookie. Um, so fantastic corner pickup right there. Second round, you get Terrace Marshall from, from LSU, even better pick. Brady Christensen, uh, off of the tackle out of BYU, who is questionable. I don't know how he's going to turn out long-term, but he is still a really good pick. Um, again, another guy, injury problems, has some knee issues. But still not bad as well. Tommy Tremble, he was Ian Book's safety blanket at Notre Dame. You get a tight end for Sam Darnold. You get Chubba Hubbard uh, to back up your all-world CMC. And then both DJ and I is probably pick of the draft, I feel like I can I, I can say. DJ, you can weigh in on this one. Davion Nixon from Iowa, I think, right here. Fifth round, pick 158. Is Was there a better pick in this draft? I, I don't think so, really. Keith Taylor, who's another guy out of Washington, he was part of that Buda Baker uh, era, or well, just after the Buda Baker era, and, and take took over that mantle of that DBU for Washington, and he was a fantastic corner to pick up in the fifth round. And Shai Smith, he was an underrated wide receiver in my eyes. I watched him play at South Carolina probably way too much, um, and he dominated every single time I watched him play against a lot of guys who got drafted in this draft ahead of him. So. Um, really one through six rounds of quality picks for, for Carolina. That's an A plus easy in my board, because that's just, that was a fantastic draft. Um, and kind of continuing this trend of really good drafts from teams that kind of surprised us, uh, Denver taking Patrick Sertan at, at number nine, that, that shocked everybody, including the Cowboys. Um, and it was a good pick. It was what they needed to do. But really my still of this is you got Javante Williams, but then, in the third round, you go and get Quinn Miners. You trade up to get Quinn Miners from the Saints, which uh, I love. I absolutely love Quinn Miners. I thought he's a potential first, second round talent, and they got him in the third round, and he is an absolute mauler, and that shows on all his tape. I don't care the talent he was going against in D3. The dude is a mauler, and maulers translate to every round, every level they go to. Um, and then after that, they got Baron Browning, who is a top 50 player on our board, literally right, right now at number 50 on our board and and you know they, that's an even better pick right there as well uh you feel a, you feel an extra hole in, in your wide receiver with seth williams you get jamar johnson the safety out of indiana who is a very good safety um snuck up on a lot of boards this in this draft and yeah there's a lot of good picks here for denver uh fantastic job and they didn't try to go get a quarterback when they have drew lock and i think that's an even better option for denver give him another chance and you gave him every opportunity now um so give me an a minus for the, the broncos right there at that number nine spot and now philadelphia who traded up with dallas to pick at number 10 
I hated the trade for Dallas, but for Philadelphia, it made a lot of sense. Uh, trading up to get Devontae Smith, making sure the Giants couldn't get Devontae Smith. Um, fantastic pick. Then you get Landon Dickerson in the second round. Zach McPherson out of Texas Tech in the fourth round, which is a really good pickup, really, because he could have been a third, second round guy easy. Um, but he fell into the third round because of some of the other mix-ups in this draft. And those three guys really are, are what make this draft for the Eagles for me. Um, so I, got, I gave them a B, just kind of flat-out B. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Very middle-level draft for the Eagles. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But there was there were some good things there for sure. Um, and that it hurt, kind of hurts me to say. I can't lie. Hurts me to admit the truth there with the Eagles. Uh, but they had a really good draft. Or at least a decent draft. And then now the Bears. I mean, what can I say about the Bears? It fell in your lap. And you traded up to number 11 to get him. Justin Fields. Uh, fantastic pick for, for a team who needs a quarterback. Who has struggled long term trying to find a guy. And who we have ranked as the second best quarterback on our high-low sports big board. Justin Fields just fell to number 11. He probably honestly would have been there until 15 where the, the Patriots pick him up if they didn't pick him up here at 11. Um, but it was a fantastic pick by the Bears to go up and get him. And then on top of that, you also get Tevin Jenkins in the second round. Again, Maulers translate to the next level, and Tevin Jenkins is the just most disgusting Mauler offensive tackle in this draft. It was he's, his, his tape is just it's something to behold from a tackle spot. Um, so that would be a really good option as well. You talk about getting that run game built up. That'll really help out. And then also in the fifth round, they went and got an offensive tackle from Missouri. You don't have a pick between two and five. So you got to do something with, with your first two picks. And then you did something with your fifth round pick as well. So really good draft for the Bears. Uh, I gave them an A actually in this draft. And as I talked about the Dallas Cowboys, I did not like that trade to Philadelphia. You trade back with Philadelphia. And then you take a position you have filled. Now he's a really good player. He's really athletic. And that's Micah Parsons. But you already have two really good linebackers. Granted, now we know that they are going to take away or uh, decline the, the option for Leighton Van Der Esch, so maybe that's the reasoning behind this. Uh, but then you also go and get Jabril Cox, who is normally a steal, I'd say, in this draft. But again, for a position that you don't really need when you have needs at corner, you have needs at offensive tackle, and you go and get linebackers instead. Um, now you did try with Kelvin Joseph in the second round. However, I do think that's a swing and a miss right there. They could have done better. Uh, as I mentioned, he's number 44 off the board. There were some other guys on the board still available and instead they chose Kelvin Joseph. So I, it is a hit or miss. You could have filled safety at any of these roles. You didn't even, you completely ignored the safety position and that's a big position to need. And you can really ignore the, the cornerback position. Now, Nashawn Wright, the cornerback out of Oregon state in the third round, very good pick. I'll give them that credit. That's a that's a that's a pick that'll pay off fairly well. He translates very well. He's a big body, fast, and physical. So that does tra- look to translate very well to the next level. How he turns out, we'll see. But Kelvin Joseph, I think, was a miss. Micah Parsons, a miss. Uh, they could have just done better. Um, and Dallas, so I gave a C plus to Dallas. And maybe I'm a little harsh, but I expect better when you have a tenth overall pick and you're trading back with your own division. You got to do better in that pick in that situation. Um, now the Chargers, who, again, talk about a team that just had things fall in their lap. Rashawn Slater, number two guy on our big board, fell to number 13 on the, in the draft. And the Chargers, who already have rookie of the year last year, Justin Herbert, just lighting it up, now gives him an offensive tackle or guard, depending on where they slide him, that will just absolutely protect him, no matter where he's at on the, on the, on the line. And I can't ask for anything better. You had Asante Samuel, where you need corners, you get Asante Samuel Jr. there. Great pick. 
Uh, Josh Palmer, the wide receiver at Tennessee, eh, hit or miss. We'll see how he does. We'll see how you translate. Um, but Nick Neiman, now there's a linebacker out of Iowa in the sixth round. That was a very underrated pick. Uh, but I, I loved everything they did in the first round and the second round. Um, third round was 50-50 to me. I like Trey McKitty. I, Josh Palmer is questionable, but not a bad pick nonetheless. Um, so for that, I give him an A+. Because nothing they did was really bad. But there was nothing really yeah, there was nothing bad, and then just beyond that, there was nothing extremely great in the last two days except for that Nick Neiman pick. Um, but that first round was just, I mean, you get Rashawn Slater. I'm not going to fault you for getting Rashawn Slater. That's an absolute all-world pick. Now, to the Patriots. This is evil as it is, you know. We just had May the 4th, the Sith Lords, if you will, the New England Patriots. Uh, they take Mac Jones with the first first pick. It's kind of what it was expected. Christian Barmore, second pick. Very good pick. Ronnie Perkins, the third pick. Even better pick. Um, and honestly, those three picks alone, I could stop there and give them an A. But they just kept going down the line of picking really good players who are pro-ready that don't really develop, don't really need much development. Their, their, their ceiling is very low, but also their floor is very high. So they will start at an NFL caliber level, at least average NFL, maybe just below average. And they might get just above average to average, but they will work for the Patriots system. So for that reason, give them an A minus because yeah, the evil Sith Lords do it again. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> um, now the Arizona Cardinals are the next up and overall not a terrible draft, but I did not like really what they did. I'll just be honest. I love Zayvon Collins. I can't lie about that one. But Rondell Moore in the second round when you have other positions of need was a big question mark for me. I mean... Really, why are you going and getting another receiver when you already have four really good ones and could potentially bring back Larry Fitzgerald for another year? Now you go get Rondell Moore when you, again, you have positions of need there and you could have filled those elsewhere, but instead you decided to go receiver. I wasn't a big fan of that, especially now that then you don't have a pick for round three or round five. So you have to kind of catch up at that point in time. Um, a lot of their picks are hit or misses in the in the sixth round and seventh round, so I'm not sure about them yet. And it's because I'm not sure about them. I can't really weigh them equally with their first round picks. And I didn't like what they did with Rondell Moore. And Zayvon Collins, I think, could have been a different pick for them. And it worked better for them. But I'm, I'm, I'm a little harsh on this one, but I gave him a C. And it was rough, but I wasn't... I just personally just didn't like what they did in their draft. That's really what it is. I thought they were better fits for their team and could have easily filled them better. So I gave him a C. So... I'll probably hear from Cardinal Nation, but you know what? You did great in free agency, so you didn't have to have a fantastic draft, really, if I'm being honest about it. Those Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, Alex Leatherwood, Trayvon Morick. Do I need to say more? Uh, really? Uh, he's fantastic picks. Um, unfortunately, though, I don't trust what they did beyond those two guys. Uh, Malcolm Koontz, De- Divine Diablo, Tyree Gillespie, Gillespie. I'm questionable, but, you know... If I take into account your free agency afterwards, then maybe I give you a higher grade because they did just add Casey Hayward to their team. But you know what? Because it's just based off the draft, I'm giving them a B minus because after day one and the second round, they didn't really do a whole lot to convince me that they knew what they were doing. They filled positions, but they didn't fill positions of need necessarily beyond that day one um, and second round. So that's that's where the questions arise for me for Vegas. So give me a B minus for for the Raiders. Um, again, probably being a little harsh. My red pen is running out of ink as we talk about it. Um, but yeah, that's what I do best, right? 
So moving to Washington football team, this one hurts me to admit as well, but they had a pretty good draft. Jamin Davis, Samuel Cosme. Yeah, you did what you could with what you with with what you had available at those picks. I love Jamin Davis. Um, again, uh, yeah, sure. Maybe if Arizona doesn't reach and grab Zayvon Collins, you get Zayvon Collins there. But instead, you get a freak of nature like Jamin Davis, um, and then you get the absolute monster that is Samuel Cosme, literally the biggest guy, biggest tackle available in this draft, I believe, or very close to the biggest tackle available in this draft. And you just like, all right, we're gonna put him over there, and he's gonna protect us from all things. Because you already have a great defense, so you just go and add Benjamin St. Juice in the corner out of Minnesota in the third round. And, yeah, you just help develop that defense even more. Um, I wouldn't say a great draft overall, but better than a lot of these other drafts that we just had come off the board um, through that 15 to 19 range. So give me, with Washington football team, give me a B-plus with them. Um, just because it wasn't bad, but not not overall, not overall fantastic, but it's still very good. Now the Giants, those New York Football Giants. I don't like Kadarius Tony coming to the going to the Giants. I think with them trading back with the Bears, there were other guys available that could fit what they were trying to do. Now I do like Kadarius Tony. Period. I just don't like him on the Giants, just because it's just kind of a question mark. Why are you going receiver there when there's other positions that you could have filled? Well, like, I don't know, offensive line, but I digress. Uh, oh, my kid, No, I don't digress. That's really a lot of reason why I don't like the Giants draft. They didn't have a great draft, but they didn't have a terrible draft, but you didn't feel any offensive line needs. Um, now, you did get Aziz Ojolari and Ellerson Smith, the left linebacker out of Northern Iowa, really an edge rusher out of, out of Northern Iowa. Very good player. Um, freak athlete as well. So you got a lot of freak athletes, but you didn't get any offensive line. Um, so I'm giving them a B minus, not the most strict I've been on a lot of teams, but not the most forgiving either. Um, now moving on the Indianapolis Colts over here and Quiddy pay was a fantastic pick. Uh, I'm just going to be honest about that. That, that is just a great pick. It's the next pick in Odie Yingbo uh, out of Vanderbilt because he is injured ACL injury that happened this year, actually. So he will be out for some considerable future time. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. And then the tight end in round four. Eh. Now, Sean Davis, Sam Ellinger, very good picks. Um, the reach with the Charleston, West Virginia player, uh, West Virginia wide receiver, I'm not sure about. Will Fries, though, offensive tackle out of Penn State, not a bad pick. Um, he'll get him in round seven, see what he can do. Maybe you don't have to use Sam Tevy as much as, you, as we're thinking. Um, but maybe you have to. I don't know. But, yeah, you missed on you missed on offensive lineman. So for that reason, I'm giving you a B minus as well. And to their division rival, the Tennessee Titans. Again, uh, I think it's safe to say didn't have a great draft, didn't have an, uh, a, a terrible draft. But their first two picks, I gotta say, for really first three picks, really nailed it out of the out of the park. Caleb Farley, Caleb Farley is an alien. That's all there is to it. Dylan Redunds, the offensive lineman out of North Dakota State. He's the reason Trey Lance is a top three quarterback off the board. And Monty Rice is a reason Aziz Ojolari was the most productive edge rusher off the board. So, with all of that said, give me a B flat out for the Titans because I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. Again, I'll say it wasn't the worst in the world. However, it wasn't the best in the world. And it was still better than the Colts because they didn't miss on a lot of positions of need. However, 
they did take a flyer on a couple guys later in this draft. So I don't want to give them too much credit for that yet because we don't see how they pan out. So as of right now, just give me a B for the Titans. Just, I feel like it's average. Uh, now onto the Vikings who, yeah, it's the Vikings. I think it's safe to say. Um, but as I mentioned, there was a couple teams before then that could have taken an offensive tackle or offensive lineman. Well, the, the Vikings were like, you know what? Let me, let me take an offensive lineman. And they took Christian Darisaw. Fantastic pick. Uh, don't have a pick until round two or round, round three. So they'd go and pick Kellen Mond, which I thought was a really good pick because I still don't trust Kirk Cousins. And he'll eventually, hopefully, uh, be replaced by Kellen Mond because I think that's, I think Kellen Mond can translate to the NFL if he's given time to work with an actual quarterback whisperer and not Jimbo Fisher. Um, now, the pick of Wyatt Davis in round three. Yeah, we talked about it still the draft before. Uh, this is the, the probably the closest pick to that. I can say that is still the draft, and that's Wyatt Davis. I, I mean, come on. We had him ranked top 50 in our board. He is an absolutely fantastic guard slash center slash whatever you need him to be on this offensive line, and you need offensive line. And to get him in round three the way you did, uh, fantastic job by the Vikings. And that really that pick kind of saved a lot of their late stuff for me. Uh, but Christian Christian Darisaw in the first round, and then you had Wyatt Davis in the third, and Kel Mond in the third. Looks really good for me for Minnesota. So give me a B plus for Minnesota. Um, not bad at all. And now to the team I was probably the meanest to with the red pen, and I think I went through two red pens going through their their uh, draft picks, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a lot of needs for this team, and they took a lot of flyers on their need positions. Now, I do like Najee Harris. I don't hate Pat Freermuth out of Penn State, but I do think there was better options available at 55 than to go to go tight end there. And beyond that, they took a lot of flyers, like I just said. You got the positions. However, you got the positions using, like, the 20th and 25th best player at that position. So I don't know how that's going to turn out yet, and neither do they. And and that scares me if I was if I'm a Pittsburgh fan because I don't know how anybody's going to translate because you have to protect Big Ben. You, he had to set a record for the fastest time to throw last season because he didn't have any protection. And now you're going to throw Najee Harris out there and be like, "All right, kid, go get us some yards," but he's not going to have any real blocking in front of him, and that's a little terrifying to think about. Um, so yeah, I was the strictest with this this Pittsburgh team. I expected more out of them in this draft. Um, and they gave me way less than I even I expected. And so I gave him a D minus, the absolute worst grade I have given any team in the draft. So I'll just clarify that. And now to their division rivals, who probably I was torn with this one. Uh really, Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns is a really good draft for him. But I think after round three, I'd even say James Hud, after round four, James Hud in the offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. I did. I felt underwhelmed with their last couple picks, so I didn't give them an A plus. But I do have them as a slash mark A plus because a couple of these guys down here, Tony Fields and Richard LeCount the third, the safety out of Georgia, particularly, are guys I'm looking at and maybe like they could turn this draft into an A plus later on down the road. But Greg Newsom the second in the first round, and then getting the Jeremiah Wusukormo, who we both thought was a first round pick um, at 52 in the second round. Absolute still. And then Anthony Schwartz with the third round. Probably a reach on Anthony Schwartz, but absolutely love what he's going to bring to that offense because you already have Jarvis Landry and Odell and Richard Higgins. And you bring in Anthony Schwartz as just that guy that will take the absolute top off or catch those 
bubble screens and take him for an extra 10, 15 yards. Really, he's not going to make – it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Odell and allow Odell to take a couple plays off here and there and be more ready and not get injured as much. So I think that's a really good pick from that standpoint. Um, so I gave the Browns an A, but it, they do have the potential with this one to go up to an A-plus for sure. Um, now, next up on the list, the Baltimore Ro- Ravens staying in the division. Um, this one, uh, underwhelming. I, I didn't like the Jason Owa pick in the first round. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I, again, I talked about how you kind of need to accept it if you're if you're if you're uh, Baltimore and no longer think that you you know throw outside the lines. But if you're going to take it, take Rashad Bateman because he's the guy that's going to give you a chance to throw it outside the lines. Um, but I do think at 31, Owa was probably a reach right here. Um, there were better options available, especially since you didn't have a second round pick. Maybe reach on a second rounder that you liked a little more. I don't know. But um, then Ben Cleveland in the in, in, later on in the third round. Not a bad pick at all. And, and Tylen Wallace, wide receiver at Oklahoma State. Again, why are you going wide receiver there? Not too sure. Um, but it wasn't, it, again, this is kind of one of those ones. It wasn't a bad draft. It wasn't a great draft for me. Very underwhelming for what they could have done with those two first-round picks. Um, so give me a B for the Baltimore Ravens on this one. And now moving to them Saints. And that very interesting, whatever they're going to do at quarterback, because we all have zero idea what they're going to do at quarterback. Um, you get a great pick with Peyton Turner, and then you kind of underwhelm me the rest of the draft. You take Ian Book in the fourth, Pete Werner in the second, Paulson Adebo, the corner out of Stanford, who is a kind of a make-or-break guy. He will either, if he has a good first season, I think he'll have a good career. However, if he has a bad first season, he'll be out of the league within three. Um, that just seems to, to be how his style of play works out in the NFL, it seems. Um, but yeah, the rest of the picks, I... I, I questionable at best so give me a c plus for the new orleans saints who really didn't fill some of their biggest needs in my opinion um and now the green bay packers who might be losing aaron Rodgers soon um and this all came out during the draft so with that said before the draft you'd think maybe all right well we want to get him a weapon in the first two rounds well they didn't they got eric stokes and josh myers um which ironically they got Josh Myers, who is the center out of Ohio state before getting white Davis, who they could have used there as well. Um, which is kind of, <clears throat> it's kind of surprising to be honest. Uh, but Amari Rogers in the third round, very good pick. I do like Amari Rogers a lot. Uh, but for the rest of this draft, it was underwhelming. Um, when you need to kind of do something to entice Aaron Rodgers to stay around. So I didn't, I wasn't as harsh though, because there are some, some really good picks there late in the draft that, should be good. Um, they should at the, their base level should be NFL level, so they should be fine. So for that reason, I gave them a B minus. Now, last year's team that came just shy of a Super Bowl because they faced the absolute world class Kansas City Chiefs, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Um, honestly, in my opinion, not a bad draft at all for them. You need edge rushers. You need you need to attack the quarterback. So how do you do that? You take your first two picks and you go get edge defensive line guys. And that's Greg Russo and Carlos Basham III, Jr. out of Wake Forest. Two really good picks. You you now just put two guys out there who have a chance to get to the quarterback. And then the next pick, you go get an offensive tackle. Probably one of the more underrated ones out of Northern Iowa and Spencer Brown. Fantastic pick. Again, he might be, he, he's very close to Samuel Cosme type size, just very big. 
Um, so that's a really good pick as well. And then Tommy Doyle, the offensive tackle out of Miami of Ohio in the fifth round, again, helping to re reboost that defensive line. And then you do get a corner in the sixth round who's eh, out of Wisconsin and that's wild goose. So we'll see how he turns out. But overall for me, the Buffalo bills did very well in this draft and I gave them an a minus. And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who returned 22 out of 22 guys. So you don't really need to do a whole lot if you're them. And I just gave him an A. I'm just going to keep that one short and simple. And then the guys who didn't pick in the draft and or in the first round of the draft, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs, who traded out of the first round, looked very good. And that was a B for me. Um, I'm just not really going to go into them because, truthfully, they didn't have a bad didn't have a bad pick. They get Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey. That looks really good. Then Seattle, a lot of people had them rated a lot higher for me. I, I gave them a C plus. You only had three picks in this draft. And your best pick came in the sixth round, and that was Stone Forsythe. I think that's why, yeah, that's all there is to that. Um, Houston, who has a lot of troubles going on right now in, in that city, in that team. Um, question marks at quarterback, what are you going to do? So you go get Davis Mills, who was a very good pick. But then after that, outside of Brevin Jordan, a lot of question marks. You had five picks, two of your five picks looked decent. Um, the other three, what are you doing? So give me a C-plus for the Houston Texans. And the L.A. Rams. Look, you you did a lot in free agency. Uh, that's 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 all there is to it. Your draft, however, did you just draft Tavon Austin again? Is that why you wanted two two Atwell? You wanted Tavon Austin again? Um, because other other than that, I don't really understand taking two two Atwell in the second round um, when you have other other positions of need. So this one was kind of underwhelming to me when you have other positions that you could have filled in that second third round but you did what you did. So give me a C plus for the LA Rams as well because they didn't have a first round pick to help buoy that out. So again, I was a little harsh on some of these teams, but for some of them, I was kind of forgiving on. Um, I think it's safe to say because of what they did in other positions, uh, helping to fill some of these other positions out. But so that does it for me for my grades. And we're going to go. And before we get into DJs, we do want to talk a little bit about one of our sponsors and that's Dr. Squash. DJ, you want to, you want to take the reins on Dr. Squatch for us? Uh, yeah, basically Dr. Squatch, simplest way to summarize it is you can smell like a man, feel like a champion, no harsh chemicals, makes your skin feel brand spanking new. And honestly, they have everything you need, deodorant, shampoo, all of it, beard oil, if you want to go grow things out a little bit, get a little bit of that manly Viking look as well too. So you do a little bit of everything. So Dr. Squatch, definitely check the link down below, link in the description as well too. Find everything you need, feel like a man, Every. Just, you know, make make yourself feel better than you already did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it is fantastic. It, they do have some fantastic smells over there um, and scents on their soaps. And they don't, they're not overwhelming, which is always nice. So definitely that's a big, big, big improvement. But we do want to go ahead and let DJ get going on his picks because I think I've talked for long enough because my voice now hurts. So DJ, were you as harsh and did you break as many red pens as I did in this in this one? Well, mine had some similarities, but we'll kind of coast through these. Jaguars, they got a B plus. Trevor Lawrence, Tyson Campbell, Walker Little, very nice. Travis Etienne, question marks to say the least, but still a good player. The Jets, they get an A because you get your quarterback, Zach Wilson. Elijah Vera Tucker, seventh best player on our board. You get him at 14, build up that offensive line. Elijah Moore, a guy a lot of people had rated in the top 20 and one of the better receivers. We had him a little bit lower, but still a great player. And then Michael Carter at running back, bolstering the weapons around Zach Wilson, giving him the chance that Sam Darnold never got. 49ers, they get a B plus because 
Trey Lance, all the potential in the world gets this sit perfect situation for him. Aaron Banks, bolster your offensive line. Simple. Trey Sermon, boosting the running back core, so it's not just Raheem Mostert. And then Hufanga, the UFC, USC safety, a guy that for a while was actually expected to be drafted a lot higher and kind of fell off in the last year, year and a half or so. So I think he could be a good steal for them as well. Falcons, I was not as brutal. I gave them a C plus because Kyle Pitts alone is a B. I didn't really like the Richie Grant pick as much. He's a good player, but I would have preferred Trayvon Merrick, Javon Holland, even Jabril, Jabril Cox to boost the linebacking core, a pass rusher. There was other players I'd have preferred. Jalen Mayfield was pretty decent value pick, so that one kind of bounced out. They get a C plus. Bengals, they get a B. Jamar Chase alone gets you a B. Joseph Asai, that's two top 50 players for us. That keeps you in the B. Not addressing the offensive line kind of hurt. Jackson Carmen, if the offense stock from Clemson's a pretty nice consolation prize he's big time school experience so at least they're getting that out of this one so but you can't go too much lower when you have jamar chase the dolphins get an a minus only because i leaned a little more towards Devontae smith for this pick over jalen waddle nothing against jalen waddle i like Devontae smith a little better but then you get jalen phillips edge one javon holland one of the better safety slot corners and liam eikenberg a first round caliber tackle so they pretty much hit it out of the park with everything that they need. Just not quite enough for an A+. Lions, B+. Those trenches, oh my goodness. You got Amuzurike and Sewell, probably the best offensive lineman, arguably, and the best defensive tackle, arguably. Melifamu, bolstering up your secondary. And then Amon Ross St. Brown. All four guys expect I expect to contribute heavily throughout the year. Panthers, kind of the same thing, but they get an A because J.C. Horn, arguably the best corner. Terrence Marshall, arguably a top five receiver. Chuba Hubbard was probably the best running back coming into the season. And, of course, Davion Nixon, who we talked about, too, potentially steal the draft. All four of those guys I expect to, if not start, contribute heavily in the case of Chuba, Huber, Chuba Hubbard, especially if CMC goes down again. You actually have somebody to plug in this time. Now, for one of my two A-pluses, I gave the Broncos an A-plus because Patrick Sertan II, Quinn Miners, Aaron Browning, Jamar Johnson, Seth Williams, Javante Williams. That is six players you can expect to contribute heavily next season with four of them starting with Sertan, Miners, Browning, and probably Johnson all expected to start. Then you have Seth Williams and Javante Williams as extra weapons for Drew Locke. If he can't make this work, this is on Drew Locke. But they also have Teddy there, so they should be fine. They should be a competitive team next year very easily. One of the best hauls of the night. Eagles, I gave him a B almost exclusively for Devontae Smith alone. And then Landon Dickerson also boosts that. The rest of their draft, pretty to be determined, we'll say. But those two alone get you a B. And the Bears, A for me, Justin Fields, you get a, you get one of the best, you have one of the better quarterback prospects. Tevin Jenkins, one of the better offensive linemen. Two first-round picks in your first two picks. And then Larry Borum, the tackle out of Missouri, building up the offensive line, giving Justin Fields a chance for when he takes over later this season for Andy Dalton, I presume. Cowboys, I don't hate them as much as you. I gave him a B minus. The position picks weren't the best, but the value picks getting Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons and pair those guys with Jalen Smith, regardless of whether Layton or not plays. You you got guys that'll make plays and ball hawk. You can run a two five if you have to to get all the linebackers on the field. Find a way to make it work. Just get them all out there. Kelvin Joseph, they address some corners, nothing great, but they brought in corners at least like Kel- and so give him a B minus. Chargers, they get an A exclusively for getting Rashawn Slater not having the trade-up for him. Then you throw on Asante Samuel Jr. as well without having the trade-up. Chargers get an A. The rest of the draft for them doesn't matter. Patriots, they get a B+. Barmore, Perkins, 
Mac Jones, three top 50 players. Stevenson, the running back out of OU. McGrone, the linebacker out of Michigan. Fantastic call. If I was a little bit higher on Mac Jones and Barmore, they'd probably get an A, but it's considering where they got them and the value they got them, fantastic picks. Cardinals, they get a C plus. I like Zayvon Collins. I like Rondell Moore. I don't really like them for the Cardinals. Rondell Moore will be fun. Absolutely. No, no doubt about it. Zayvon Collins, you had JOK there. Could have went up and got Jabril. You could have Jabril Cox multiple times. Zayvon Collins is really good. I just prefer some of the other guys. So they get a C plus. And you didn't really address some of your bigger needs. The Raiders, if you swap their first and second round pick, this is genius. But they still got both of them either way. So it doesn't matter with Alex Leatherwood, Trayvon Merrick. And then another guy they got later in the draft, another safety, Ty Gillespie out of Missouri. Underrated pick. I had him as a guy to, on our big board as a not-ranked honorable mention, a guy to look out for. So I like what they addressed. They needed safety hooks. Jeff Heath wasn't cutting it. So you got two of them, plus a couple other guys you drafted. Alex Leatherwood, monster on the O-line. Kind of makes up for the fact that you trade away your entire offensive line in the offseason. So good job, Raiders. Then Washington, they get a B-. minus. Jamin Davis is nice. Didn't make a whole lot of sense personally for me, but it works. Samuel Cosme makes a lot of sense. It works. Deami Brown makes a lot of sense. It works. So they got players, whether it's Heineke or Fitzpatrick, somebody will make it work. Giants B minus. I really like Elijah Ojolari and Ellerson Smith locking down the edges, giving Leonard Williams some more help. Kadarius Tony, I wasn't the biggest fan of the pick, but I don't hate it necessarily. He's different than Sterling Shepard. He's different than Kenny Galladay, and he's different enough than Darius Slayton. So they'll find a way to make it work. Colts get a B minus because Quiddy Pay was such a steal in the first round. I didn't care for the rest of the draft for them as much. Second round pick, I don't mind Odangbo. He's good, but that Achilles injury, chances of them coming back from that early, uh, we'll, we'll see. Fun fact, he tore it on the exact same day as Eric Fisher, who's been linked to the Colts as well, too, at the time of this recording. So weirdly enough, watch them both come back the same day or some, something goofy if that works out. And then Grant's in the tight end, tight end depth, I mean, that works. That Sam Elger pick, I didn't really like it. It didn't make sense. But at that point in the sixth round, you're just kind of grabbing players. The only use for him is a mobile quarterback is a scout team quarterback before you play a team that has a mobile starting quarterback, I guess. But not a great pick, but quit not a great draft overall on paper. But Quiddy Pay alone gives is a guaranteed B minus just on that alone. And then Odangbo, we'll see if he even plays this year because if he does play, he did have first round talent pre injury. So we'll see. Titans, they get a B. Caleb Farley and Reduns, that's two starters pretty much right off the back. Monty Rice, I could see him taking Rashawn Evans' job. He is that good, and they did not pick up his fifth-year option, so we'll see. And then for my second A-plus of the draft, I gave it to the Vikings. Christian Derrissaw, elite left tackle in the draft. Kellen Mond, a guy who, you mentioned, sitting by Kirk Cousins, I could see him him taking over, maybe not this year, but in the next year or two. Almost the opposite of Kirk Cousins. Mobile, strong-arm guy. Doesn't, re- doesn't really seem to lack confidence, sometimes a little bit reckless in some regards too. Wyatt Davis, a lead offensive lineman. Pat Jones, an edge out of Pittsburgh, a guy who had a lot of steam early in the draft process, kind of tapered off a little bit, but I still think it contribute. And Amir Smith-Marset, the receiver they got later in the draft too, who I think is going to be plug-and-play between Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen day one. Get the ball in his hands and watch him dance. He was a Holiday Bowl MVP a couple of years ago against USC. Add some dynamicism in the return game. Fantastic steal. Vikings with, if I counted that correctly, five potential, yeah, five guys that could contribute depending on if Kellamon gets on the field in different packages. So great, great haul for the Vikings, especially after trading back nonetheless too. 
the Steelers, they were my low grade. They were low grade for me as well. I gave them a C simply because Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth are good players, but they make no sense really. Like Najee Harris is nice. I like him, but it doesn't help you if you're the Steelers. It doesn't change what you already have issues with. I mean, you have a better running back who's probably going to break more tackles in the backfield, I guess, because he's going to have to break those tackles because he ain't getting blocking. Pat Fryermuth, a really good tight end. You have Eric Ebron still. I guess they're already tired of Eric Ebron and want to get rid of him. I don't know. It's just very interesting some of the things they chose to address. The Browns, they get an A because they got two first-round picks in Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa and Greg Newsom the second. Plus Anthony Schwartz, a fun, just an absolutely speed burner to go along with the Jarvis Landry's and the Odell's of the world. Hudson, an offensive tackle for Cincinnati. Browns had one of the deepest rosters in the game coming in, and they just bolstered even more so. The rich continue to get richer. The hometown draft team's stockpiling. Ravens get a C plus. I like Rashad Bateman. I like Ben Cleveland. I even like somehow getting Sean Wade from Ohio State later in the draft, a guy who was supposed to be a first-round pick this year, but the season have kind of fell off. I did not like the OA pick. The guy had zero sacks last year. Everyone's enthralled with his 4-3-40. That doesn't really translate. A lot of better options for the Ravens in this first for that second first-round pick they got from the Chiefs. Saints, I gave him a C as well. I like Peyton Turner. The rest of the draft, eh, it's okay. Pete, Pete Warner was nice, but they pretty much get a C just because Peyton Turner should be a hit, but the rest of it I'm not a big fan of. Packers get a C plus. I like Amari Rodgers later. Josh Myers, the center from OSU, is nice. Eric Stokes is a good player, but considering what's going on there, you kind of got to you got to know your audience to say the least. You can't, and they did not really play to their audience there. You kind of you have to grab something you have to almost reach a little bit at that third at that 29 spot they were at to get something that fits the bills. I gave him a B minus Greg Russo, I think is a very talented player that they will make the most out of. And they doubled down on it by adding Basham jr. So stirring up their edges to go with that Oliver as well. And Spencer Brown, the tackle out of you and I, it's a good pick to just add offensive line depth. Buccaneers. I gave him a B Joe Tryon's a nice defensive end. The Ravens probably should have taken him. Kyle Trask, you might have your quarterback of the future. Sit him behind Tom Brady a couple of years. That's fun. I, I like the idea. Unless Tom Brady's going to play till he's 80. Then you'll deal with that again later. And then KJ Britt, linebacker depth out of Auburn. Pretty, just a good overall squad for the for the Buccaneers. And now to the teams that didn't pick in the first round. Chiefs, I got gave him a B. Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton, without first round picks, good for them. And then Cornell Powell, a receiver who's played big time college football his whole career at Clemson. May not be the most explosive, but he knows how to play. Seahawks, I gave him a B plus because you only had three picks and you really didn't screw any of them up mildly. So Stone Force Life, I like Brown. I don't hate Eskridge. Like two out of three are really good. The Eskridge one, nah, all right. But when you have three picks and you you made the most out of each one of them, can't hate him too much for that. Texans, I gave a B minus. I like Nico Collins. I like Brevin Jordan. If you have to go to Davis Mills, you have to go to Davis Mills. We'll see what happens in that whole situation. And then the Rams, they get a B, 2-2 Outwell. could be really explosive and dynamic just in that offense with Sean McVay, with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Vance Jefferson, and now 2-2 Outwell with Matt Stafford's arm. That could just be fun. And then Ernest Jones adding South Carolina linebacker just bolstering the defense. So they get a B just because there wasn't a whole lot they could do anyway, but they didn't do anything mildly stupid, so they get a B for that. Yeah, no, I mean, I can, I can see why you came to your decision on a lot of these ones. Obviously, there are some differing opinions on these guys. Um the Seattle one, uh, I I I want to want to jump back to that one real fast because that's uh, other than Storm Force, I guess I just don't really like Dwayne Eskridge. I think that's that's my whole thing. I don't, I don't. I thought he was a reach. I think he he was probably a fifth round, sixth round talent in my eyes, and they're getting him in 
their first their their very first pick. I think that was a little bit of a a stretch for me, I guess. I guess, yeah, but he doesn't I feel like he still finds a way to fit between Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. He finds a way to get on the field. He'll find a way to make plays in that offense too. They he gives them a little bit in the kick return game as well, too. Something they don't really have. So yeah. it they you only you only have three picks and you don't it's not really a terrible pick, I guess. So either way. And yeah. getting stone Forsyth so late that cancels that out in that regard too, in my my eyes. So they're fine when you only they didn't need a whole lot anyway. And now back to the Raiders as well. I mean, so with my B minus, I was I, I, obviously they get two first round picks there. I mean, you get Trayvon Morgan in the second round. That's a fantastic pick. Alex Leatherwood in the first round. Maybe he could have waited, but it wasn't a bad pick considering you got Trayvon Morgan in the second round. Uh, other than that, I mean, obviously now that the news has come out that Casey Hayward has, has joined the roster and they've waived Jeff Heath, we now know that they they were focusing on that safety region. Does I mean? Vegas, do they have a chance in this West to compete, or do are they just purely competing for a wild card now? Well, I don't think anyone's competing with the Chiefs when it comes to winning that division anytime soon. As much as I like all these other teams, good luck with that, especially now that they built a wall in front of Patty. The Raiders, they, I like the picks. I don't like the order. I think they'll be okay. They're still they basically have to rebuild their rebuild because they traded away all their offensive line and their defense still hasn't come together. So. We'll see what John Gruden and Mike Mayock want to mustered up, but uh, good pick considering what they have to fill, I guess. Like, it, they got players that will help them out. Yeah, definitely. Now, last one, Arizona. Do you think this draft negatively affects their next season, or do you think what they did in free agency is enough, and that by itself was enough? I mean, obviously, Zayvon Collins is a quality pick, but outside of that, it was a lot of question marks for, for Arizona. Just a lot of good players, maybe not the right team for them, though. Um, do you bringing think- in guys like Rodney Hudson and JJ Watt, stuff like that, fill some of their bigger needs. It let that gave them a little more versatility. Zayvon Collins is a nice pick. I don't think I that's higher than I would have taken him personally, but it's not a wrong pick by any means. He's versatile. They will find a way to make him work guaranteed. Rondell Moore will be fun. It will be cool. It'll be exciting. It'll be some goofy looking ish that doesn't make sense because Cliff Kingsbury just in his giant mansion likes to just want muster up some things that none of us think are possible with Kyler Murray. It just, I don't know how much more he contributes otherwise on a down-in and down-out basis, but especially because they have some other holes. Their offensive line still needs to be rounded out. The running back core is still questionable. They they have some things to work on, but they're not, I don't know if the draft helped them, but it definitely didn't hurt them by any means. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I got to ask. I know I mentioned Davion Nixon as our potential draft, uh, still of the draft. Who is your actual still of the draft, and who is your reach of the draft? Hmm. Well, the reach of the draft is a tough one just because, well, a lot of them were, a lot of them seem to fall kind of how we expect. I'm going to say the reach is for the Raiders taking Alex Leatherwood because I think he's a guy they could have got with their second round pick. They got Trayvon Merrigat. Like it kind of worked out either way, honestly, but I, I thought Leatherwood considering the other tackles that were available. That's why I think it was a reach. Darisaw was there who I, I had as the next best tackle outside those elite three offensive linemen. Tevin Jenkins was there. Reduns was there. Cosme was there. I like Leatherwood. I just thought that was a little bit of a reach considering the other guys that were on the board. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to say Owo was the biggest reach for the Ravens. That was the one that really sticks out for me too. Just He's a guy that you draft just because he enthralls you with his athleticism. He's a guy you take in the second or third round for that, not a guy you take with your second first round pick, especially when you need to shore up those edges. You just lost him. 
but those two, I guess I'll give you two in that regard unintentionally. And probably the steal of the draft. Mm. You know, I'm going to go a little outside of it. I'm going to say Quiddy Pay to the Colts was a steal of the draft. The fact that we had him as 12th on our big board and he drops to 21, a team that already has DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, and then you add that monster on the outside, that absolute freak of nature to that defense where he could basically slide in right away with guys like Robert Mathis on the coaching staff, a guy who is the opposite of Quiddy Pay as far as natural skill set. So I think that could end up being a steal of the draft considering we had didn't think Quiddy Pay would honestly be there. And if he did, it was pro- – I don't know. It's just crazy to see that he was still there. He was arguably edge two. For us, he was edge two. So I expected him to go earlier, but maybe even a team like the Raiders. But I think that can end up being a steal, especially considering the situation he's going to. Yeah, no doubt. Um, For me, though, I do. I'm going to agree with you on that reach, though. uh, Oa, he just, you're exactly right in how you you worded it. Everybody's just enamored with his his 40. Uh, for a defensive end i mean yeah that's absolutely fantastic but if you get grabbed by an offensive lineman which you will get grabbed by an offensive lineman can you get do enough to get off him and his zero sacks tells me he does not do enough at this point in time to be worth of that first round pick um that's i i mean that's just all there is really for me on that one and, and as far as still the draft though I'm torn between two, so I'm gonna since you gave me two for the 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 reach, I'm gonna give you two for the steal. Surprise, surprise! Um, I'm breaking the rules again. But uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa being in the second round for the Browns, I, I think that's a fantastic pick. Um, he could have gone anywhere in the first round. Literally, could have gone anywhere in the first round after you reach pick number ten, and he falls to fifty-two. Um, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I think the next one is actually the Bears with Tevin Jenkins. And that pick at 39, I mean, a guy that just, yeah, Justin Fields by itself might be considered a steal, but I think Tevin Jenkins at at 39 might just be one of those steals that it's just, that's a a tackle that you just don't want to deal with if you're any defensive lineman, any defensive coordinator trying to figure out how to get to that backside of Justin Fields and cause havoc on a young quarterback you're not going to have much of a chance with Tevin Jenkins there because he will literally just throw everybody who's coming his way back towards the inside piles and say, good luck getting around me. Cause he is athletic enough to cover anybody who is going to try to drop a shoulder and slide by him. And he's strong enough to just maul so many people. And it's, it's just, that to me is, is very good for a tackle and to get him in the second round. I think that's fantastic pick. Absolutely, too. And another one I like is the Broncos getting Jamar Johnson out of Indiana, putting him next to Justin Simmons if he sees the field. That is two absolute playmakers now with Patrick Sertan and Kyle Fuller. No fly zone might be back in business. Like It might be mile high choke zone or something. There's nowhere to nowhere to throw the ball. I, I, and if you can get Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the field at the same time with the pass rush, Denver's defense might actually make them competitive like we talked about somebody upsetting the Chiefs. I don't think anybody is, but this Denver defense could give them some problems if Jamar Johnson could get them. And I like Baron Browning on that defense too. So yeah, I love what the Broncos did. I really do. If Drew Locke is anywhere close to being the guy, he's got him. This is set up for him to be real, succeed real nicely. Or if not, Teddy will take it and do just fine. Yeah, exactly. And I love that Quinn Miners pick Denver had. I'm just going to die on a hill for that guy. He is just, I think he is just so good for a guard. He is what you want as a guard, just kind of dirty in your face, 
will absolutely run over absolutely everybody, whether he's polling or staying. And yeah, sure, he's a little undersized, but I'll take a little undersized and take the fight in the dog rather than the size of the fight. You know, give me give give me somebody who's just gonna just do whatever he can to get 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 the get the hole open. And I think that's a great pick there. So Deborah had a great draft overall. Um, I guess I was just a little harsh on him. <laughs> and then of course the Cowboys getting Jabril Cox a guy we had is a 32nd best player that late in the draft my goodness he watch him end up being the best linebacker on the team by the end of the year too wouldn't surprise me I mean he has a lot of great aspects that Sean Lee brought mentally uh, but he has a lot of athleticism that you see out of Jalen so you combine the two which has kind of been my biggest complaint between the two of them it's like you have Sean <laughs> Lee who's the intelligent one I, I, I'm not saying that about Jalen that he's not intelligent just Sean Lee obviously reads and does a lot of the game film. Jalen Smith sometimes just relies on on his athleticism a lot. Jabril Cox is like, oh, I got you. I'm going to read and be able to diagnose every play before I see, before when I just see the lineups. And then I'm going to rely on my athleticism to get through the hole and make the play. And it's going to be very fun to watch. Um, I just hope he gets enough time to to, to try to pan out and, and they don't try too much to focus on this Micah Parsons experiment. I think he, it wouldn't surprise me if they do slide him down to a four, like the edge rusher type position on their four, three, that defensive end position, um, like a stand-up defensive end, much like what they would do with Shaquille Barrett. If he was in a four, three, um, just, just on pass rush downs, just to give Micah Parsons a chance to get upfield, I think. But I do think Jabril Cox could be the best linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys for sure. No doubt. Um, but that does it for us today, guys. And really, we just can't wait. I mean, really, the NFL season's just right around the corner. But we're almost there. And until we get there, we are actually turning our focus back to ColorCast and the NBA playoffs as they are coming up. We have a lot of events planned. Be sure to tune in on all of our Twitter accounts and check out what we have planned for the next couple of weeks because we will be doing a bunch of double headers for NBA games leading up to the playoffs and getting ready for that. So be sure to tune in for that, everybody. And like I said, that's going to be on Twitter, also on our Instagram. We'll keep you guys updated there um, and Facebook when we can. And really, that's all there is to it. DJ, any final words? Not all draft season is over. We move on into the – we basically move on to the off season for more or less and jump on the other sports. So it'll be interesting to get back to regular scheduled program. Exactly. So it won't just be NFL coverage from now on, guys. So we will be back to it all. And until next time – We will see you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year round. 
and my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.